It's May the 4th. Um, <laughs> Tabitha is actively dying. It's fine. <laughs> um, may the 4th be with you. And also with you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I feel like I have to stand up. <laughs> anyway, uh, so my question for tonight, uh, who is your spirit droid? Um, Lydia, I know we promised to try to help you, but oh, uh, we didn't. Uh, Did yeah. you come up with one? Th- these are not the droids you're looking for. Look somewhere else. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, Matt. Um, I am probably going to have to say K2 from Rogue One. Yeah. That's fair. Um, I have a lot of different options. Um, we, well, first off, you all think are probably think i'm gonna say bb-8 but no bb-8 is not my spirit droid um my first thought was dio um especially Mm. how like you know untouchy he was um but i think my spirit droid is actually c-3po um he is neurotic worries about everything and is sometimes a little too sassy for his own good (laughs) that checks out dabba I hate those moments <laughs> <laughs> when I realize that you and I are the same human, but in like different meat shells. <laughs> Don't like that. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm like, much like I'm a combination of Hermione and Draco, I'm kind of a combination of C-3PO and R2, because sometimes I just talk and won't shut up, but I'm also very sassy <laughs> and cutting but also neurotic <laughs> Ooh, can i be r2d2 you don't i doesn't say much but when he does it could possibly be expletives yeah yes. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i mean you can argue that r2 was like essentially the hero of the force awakens he's the hero of star wars yeah mm-hmm. like you are here olivia oh guys <laughs> And she keeps all of her data stored in her memory banks. Also known as her phone. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, and Lydia. So we actually started off tonight uh, doing some kind of special. A local business in town called The Wakery. It is a late night, non-alcoholic bar gathering place, if you will. Um, had a event for May the 4th. So before we recorded, we went out, had a couple drinks, but it's not going to be scary. We're not intoxicated. So I might not say anything embarrassing. I will say something embarrassing. <laughs> say don't lie to people. <laughs> you don't lie to yourself. You don't have to have alcohol for that to happen. Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> but uh, Lydia talked to Elizabeth Wake, who is the owner of the Wakery. Um, and it was it was cool. This was a spot that I had wanted to check out. I hadn't yet. And I enjoyed both the drinks that I had. Yes, everything was really tasty. Yeah. Yeah. 
This is my second time in there, and I've had a lot of fun both times, and the drinks are amazing. Yeah. Drinks are real good. The vibe is is nice and relaxed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like that you could do either um, tea and coffee type drinks, or you could do non-alcoholic like cocktails. So you could go either way with it. Um, I kind of had one of each and enjoyed both. So. So check out uh, this interview with Elizabeth Wake, and then we'll get into the nitty gritty of tonight's episode. Don't say nitty gritty. <laughs> Hi, guys. It's Lydia, and I am here with Elizabeth Wake, the owner of The Wakery. Um, first of all, you know, thanks for having us today. Like, We've been super excited, all of us, to come try out uh uh, this new downtown business and what an excellent opportunity for us to come and celebrate May the 4th with you guys. Yeah, thanks for being here. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the Wakery. What was the idea behind all this? Yeah, well, for myself personally, I wanted a late night coffee house. I wanted a place to be able to study, to work, to just hang out. And then I just really felt like a lot of those late night places were just bars. And I thought there's got to be a way to make these really good complex drinks, but without alcohol. So I started looking into it and nobody else was doing it. So I thought, why not? That is awesome. And Speaking as someone who currently can't have alcohol, thank you, because this is awesome. Um, So, since it's May the 4th, you have a special uh, menu for Star Wars Day. Uh, What is your favorite drink on your Star Wars themed menu? Ooh, I think it's probably the gold bikini. So this is a honey pear bee's knees. So it's a little sweet, a little tart. Um, it has an NA gin in it and some NA bitters. Um, but it is just really delicious. And then probably my second one would be the Dagobah Swamp Juice. So um, it kind of is like a muddy color, um, but it's like a non-alcoholic Mai Tai. Those both sound really good. I might have to try that after I get done with yes. my uh, dark side in there. Yes. Um, so... You know, as geeks, we have to ask, what's your favorite Star Wars movie? Rogue One. Fair enough. Yeah. So last but not least, where can our listeners find you on social media and here in downtown Springfield? Sure. So you can find us at Springfield Wakery. So we're at SpringfieldWakery.com. Our Instagram and Facebook are all Springfield Wakery. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, If you're local to Springfield, and even if you're not, uh, make sure you come and check out the Wakery. We have a humongous show. Guys, um, we gotta stop bringing up everything. I know, right? We're gonna see, we're gonna see how far we get this week. Um, we got pretty far last time. We did, we did. Um, so I wanna start off, we're gonna start off with the pull list, but before we get into, um, I almost said the nitty gritty again. That might just be the name of this episode. It will not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But before we get into our reviews, um, what? I was fully prepared to throw things at you if you said anything again. Um, yeah, preferably don't throw any liquid at me. No promises. Okay, fine. So I want to bring up something real quick that Vault is doing um, that's super, super cool. So they have announced their second annual Pride Charity Auction. Uh, which is uh, in partnership with Great Cra- uh, Gate Crashers. Uh, it's going to take place on June 28th uh, on Vault's Whatnot account. And 100% of the money raised will be donated to Trans Lifeline, which Trans Lifeline, it's a grassroots hotline and uh, 
a nonprofit organization offering direct emotional and financial support to trans people in crisis for the trans community by the trans community. Uh, Gatecrashers is a website and podcast dedicated to making all things more accessible and approachable for everyone by highlighting diverse voices um, to help people find things that they love. Vault, um, well, we all know what Vault is. They're pretty badass. Um, but yeah, this is just, this is something really cool. And it's awesome that they are using their platform to raise money to do something good. Yeah, that's incredible. Absolutely. What's on our pull list this week? So the first thing that is up for the pull list tonight is lamentation number one it is out now from oni press written by colin bunn with art by arjuna susini uh so a new production is in town uh razid's lament uh, it's a gothic horror set in a haunted castle the lead actress has found herself in the perfect role without even an audition um yeah that never happens no. <laughs> <laughs> um matt tabitha you both read this uh what do you think tabitha we'll start with you um, I got lost in the sauce on this one a couple of times and had to like backtrack and figure out what was happening. Um, this, I don't know what I was expecting when we went into this, but what I got was not it. Um, I enjoyed the art and this is honestly something that I think would have made a better movie than it did a comic book. I mean, I want to see how things go going forward, but the way it was like the art was done and the dialogue was done. It was kind of like watching like clips of a movie mm-hmm. and it kind of threw me off. Um, I think I would have liked that concept had it been intentional, but I almost feel like it was not intentional. This gave me like Phantom of the Opera, um, Midnight Society, Are You Afraid of the Dark vibes, but not in the best way. Matt, what did you think? Um, I also enjoyed the art. Um, and I, too, got kind of lost as far as how this issue built up. Um, it, it took almost about, I don't know, half to two-thirds of the way through to actually get some sort of explanation of what was happening. And I don't mind being dropped right off in the middle and then like backfilling. But I think this gave too little early on of the backfill. It didn't give you any hints of like what was going on until it kind of got the full explanation. Um, like I said, I enjoyed the art. I think the story itself is going to turn out to be great. One of my favorite things that we've read like ever was, uh, was it rogue planet? Um, which was Colin bun. Um, so I feel like, once this it, this this is done and you get the full story, like a full six issues, the arc, this is going to be amazing. I think this first issue is it's a little rough, but uh, I'm I'm still here for it. I want to see how the play plays out. Next up, excuse me. Next up is the nasty number two. Uh, it is out May tenth from Vault, written by John Lee's with art by George. Uh, combat ace uh so thumper is on a mission to save the video store that houses the murder club excuse me will he be able to continue his fellow horror fans uh i'm sorry will he be able to convince his fellow horror fans to help uh 
help create the perfect scary movie. Um, I read both issues, both number one and number two today. I had to get caught up because of what you guys said. <laughs> you know, um, <clears throat> this book is fantastic. I love this book. Um, there's a lot of humor for it being so horror focused. Yes, there are some horror moments, but like not a ton. Yeah. Um, I do like there were a lot of and I don't want to spoil anything, but there are more than a couple like little Easter eggs. Um, something that like you just you have to look for in the background, especially with what uh, uh, Thumper's imaginary friend. I'm blanking on his name. Um, yeah, I can't remember either. Yeah. But, like, he's doing a couple things in the background in a couple of panels, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's so funny. <laughs> um, also, some of the names for these scary movies oh, are yeah. phenomenal. Um, what was the one? It was, like, Horny Bigfoot or Perverted <laughs> Bigfoot or something uh, like that. Perverted Bigfoot, perverted yeah. Perverted <laughs> Bigfoot, yeah. I'm like, I know that this is not a real movie, but can it be? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and I was a little, I was a little annoyed. Not annoyed. Annoyed in a good way. Um, this issue, it doesn't end on necessarily a cliffhanger, but it ends with, like, only thing that I can think of is when you're watching a show and it's pre-binge, you know, pre-binging, you know, when you would watch a show and, like, the very last frame you're like, what just happened? <laughs> Like, and then you have to wait a week or and more. Then you have to wait a week. Yeah. Um, that is how I felt finishing up this next issue or this last issue, which is a good thing because it just makes me want issue three that much more. Um, Matt, what'd you think? Um, so if you remember, I was not entirely on board with issue one. I felt like something was missing. I felt like we got that in issue two. Um, you kind of see where this story is going, that they're going to try and make this horror movie because the one that they were supposed to show, they, they ruined the tape. Um, so they've got to come up with some idea to work around that. Um, and yeah, the, the background things that Thumper's imaginary um, serial killer friend does are, are fantastic. Like him standing, holding a plant, and on stage (laughs) those are just like those are just some fantastic moments um so as far as like the story goes i'm i'm definitely in now um i want to see how they build this and what happens with their little festival um and if it turns out tabitha what'd you think yeah i really enjoy this um i need to see where it goes um my only complaint and i feel like i've had this complaint about a couple of things we've read recently is i'm so tired of people using everyone's names every time they talk to them (laughs) that it's not even funny and and now that i've like noticed it it's super obvious to me when it keeps happening on page and so this did it in like more than one spot and that kind of bothered me but I need to know where this goes and at the end of whatever run they're on, I think I need to like sit down and like binge read this because I think it would read better that way. Tabitha, thank you for your um, opinion there, Tabitha. I'll murder you in your sleep. (laughs) Midge. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Matt. Lydia, how you doing? I was waiting for that for one thing. I'm really sad I didn't get to read this now because I really liked the first one. So now I got to go home and read the second one. (laughs) 
So next up is uh, Ogie's Summer Break. It is out May 16th from Tokyo Pop by uh, Koikawa. <clears throat> so <laughs> Ogie falls head over heels for Tago, um, a vision impaired high schooler. The two become friends and Ogie becomes Tago's seeing eye twink. <laughs> but excuse me? <laughs> yes. I mean, that's basically what, what what's going on here. Okay. I kind of stopped listening to you, but now I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but will the two become more? Um, I am conflicted with this book. I'm not for sure. Like, if if there is a second volume, I'd be interested in reading it. But if this ends up being like a standalone manga, um, I don't. I. It's weird. If it's a standalone manga, I don't think I enjoyed it all that much. If it's just part one of mm. something more, then then I'd be interested in reading more of it. Um, there was a lot of... Because with with this book, um, Ogi, yeah, he feels like... He kind of feels almost like an outcast, you know, because he, he says that he's bi, but boy, you gay. It's fine. <laughs> um, and... You know, as as he is hanging out with uh, Tago, like he kind of feels comfortable being more himself, um, but he is feeling that because, well, I've got this guy who can't really see, and so he's not going to be able to judge me because he can't really see me. But then you've got Tago, who, you know, befriends Ogi, but then when Ogi kind of like when it's clear that Ogi wants to be more than friends, he's like, well, sure. I like, he doesn't explicitly say that he's straight, but like, it's again, like all the signs point to it, mm. you know? Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's interesting. I like, I like where the story's going, but I need more of the story. So the blind guy sees the main character better than he sees himself. Yes. There you go. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've opened your eyes. Oh. Aww. <laughs> Matthew. It does say volume one, though, so it should, okay. there should be more. Okay, good. Good. So I can't wait to read volume two. <laughs> All right. Last book on the poll list for this week. Uh, My Stupid Life. Tracks. <laughs> <laughs> It's also written by Mitch. So. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, it is out May 17th from Silver Sprocket by Mitch Klim. Uh, so this book is a compendium of Klim's autobiographical comics, including My Stupid Life and San Antonio Rock City. Um, I am not super far into this book, but at least from what I've read so far, it's a collection of like comic strips. Mm. I'm assuming it continues to be that. Yep. Okay. Um, so I feel comfortable being able to talk about what I have read and what I have read is very funny. Um, there are, um, there are a couple of lines. Cause like w Mitch, he is, he is a geek. He is kind of a punk. He, yeah, he works at, Starbucks. Starbucks. Well, I was about to say, does he work at Starbucks or does he work at quote unquote Starbucks? Oh, yeah. Okay. But anyway, yeah. Um, there's an Al Pacino joke 
in one of those strips that is just oh for chef's kiss <laughs> love it um but yeah this this is really fun and it's yeah it's just it's it's a good time i really really enjoyed this tabitha what you think yeah i'm not all the way through this yet but there have been some very relatable moments in this for me where i'm like ouch there's in particular this one strip where he is uh watching a basketball game and he's like screaming at them and he's like they're just not doing what i'm telling them to do and his girlfriend is like maybe that's because they're on the tv and they can't hear you and he literally like picks up the phone and like tries to call one of the basketball players i felt personally attacked um Uh, there was also a scene where he's wearing a Slayer shirt, and he's like, "Why do all these people keep looking at me?" Where you're like, "You're in the Midwest, and you have a literal pentagram on your shirt." And he's like, "Oh, what? So the Baptists are too good for Satan?" Like, <laughs> just so many good moments in this. I'm really enjoying it. Matt, what about you? Yeah, there are some fantastic quips throughout. Um, I-, I like how some of these are like just three panels you know, kind of punchline joke done. And then a bunch of them are like a more cohesive story as things build and go along. Um, But all of them are like, well, there are a lot of awkward situations that he ends up in and has to just deal with um, in his own life. Um, I don't know. It's fun. I'm about halfway through, but uh, yeah, I having a great time and I cannot wait to finish this. All right, guys, let's go to trailer takedown. Let's get ready for trailer takedown. Sorry, I was just looking at the stories that I posted and realized how I titled one of the trailers was unintentional. It's supposed to be Gran Turismo, and it oh. says Graham Turismo. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, because I've noticed, like, I, I wrote Graham as well. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's definitely Gran Turismo, yeah. and I typed it wrong. Yeah. And here I was, when I when I watched the trailer and saw that it was Gran, I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> what did you think this was? Grandma's Racing? I didn't know what Gran Turismo was. Yeah. Like... It yeah, like it sounds like something racy e, but like not racy. It's grannies and their walkers. Ooh. I'm uncomfy. <laughs> <laughs> um but like I don't know, like I guess I forgot that Gran Turismo is a game. Yeah. And also this is based on a true story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that threw this me is, off. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, um uh, so Gran Turismo <laughs> is going up against Dune Part Two. Um, and we did something different. We don't normally do this, but like we watched all the trailers together and that was, that was nice. That was fun. It was bonding. It was. So, um, Lydia, let's start with you. So I know that Gran Turismo is a, a, a game and a racing game because I played it when I was younger. So that part didn't throw me off at all. <laughs> But yeah, the based on a true story part did throw me off because apparently the whole premise of this movie is that they're taking people that played the video game and turning them into actual racers, which sounds like a horrible idea. Um, But I'm also intrigued and I kind of want to see what happens, even though I feel like we all know what's going to happen because, you know, it's it's a movie. And even if it's based on a true story, they got to make it have a happy ending. So, um. Dune Part 2 didn't 
make a lot of sense to me because I also haven't seen Dune Part 1. So <laughs> I-, I gather that there's a lot of sand. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so based on the fact that I, again, have to go back and watch another movie to understand what's going on and also just the fact that I kind of want to see what they do with uh, Gran Turismo, I'm going to give it seven and I'm going to give Dune three. I meant to look it up because I completely blanked on it. But what was the movie? It was like late 80s, early 90s, where kid goes to like a Nintendo tournament and the Wiz. The Wiz. Thank you. Yes. Um, (laughs) This was the Wiz meets the Fast and the Furious, and I don't know that I'm here for it. Um, it just, like, I don't know, like, I just, I'm intrigued by the true story part more than anything. Like, what it, what is this based on? Is the game based on a true story? No. No, the game no. is not. The okay. fact that they took these kids that are gamers and put them in a camp to teach, teach them how to race these cars it's is the true, the true story. story. Oh, okay. But did a kid actually end up racing? racing? Yes. That's so weird. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I'm, I'm more interested in that than in the movie itself. But even then, I just I don't know what I'm here for it. Um, Dune. Um, I'll, I will admit, I when I saw Dune Part 1, I enjoyed it. I don't think I enjoyed it as much as I wanted to. But still, I am excited for... Um, I am excited for Part 2. Uh, it did remind me of like this Onion headline that... They posted, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. But it was like, uh, Dune Part 2 picks up right when you fell asleep. <laughs> <by someone." laughs> I was like, I mean, you're not entirely wrong, but that's fine. Um, so, I mean, just based off of what I'm going to see more or what I'm more likely to see first, uh, I'm giving Dune 7 points and Gran Turismo 3. So, Tabitha. Uh, yeah, the Dune trailer proved that I either wasn't paying attention in Dune 1 or I have just forgotten everything about it because I'm like, who the hell are these people? <laughs> like, the whole thing. I'm like, all right, I got Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya. Who the rest, who Who are you people? Why are you here? Um, I have no interest in uh, Child Fast and the Furious. Um, so I'm giving that zero points and I'm going to give Dune 10 points. Matt. Um, so I had forgotten, like, okay, so I knew that there was a situation where they took gamer kids, sent them to camp to see if any of them could actually race these cars. I knew they were also doing a Gran Turismo movie. I did not realize that they were kind of combining the two to make this film. Um, that said, I don't remember the final outcome of the true story, but at the same time, this trailer kind of gives you everything like it gives you the whole story from beginning to end i don't really feel like there's any surprises left because like lydia said regardless of the actual outcome in real life it's a movie so it's gonna have a happy ending it's gonna be tied up with a pretty bow um dune part two um i read the book before watching the first dune and then we watched the movie and it ended and i'm like they're like two thirds of the way through the book. What the hell? And then they announced they were doing part two. And I'm like, oh, well, now it makes sense. Um, this still just looks epic. Um, 
it, it looks like it's going to, again, pick up right where you fell asleep. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, like, I, I'm excited to see how they build the rest of the story um, for a movie. This will be one of those kind of like a graphic novel with single single issues. Like, we're going to watch part two, and then I'm going to want to go back and watch both halves of this movie as a whole um, just to see the whole thing. But either way, um, I'm way more likely to see Dune part two than... Um, Graham Turismo. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to go eight points to Dune and two for Gran Turismo. So with a score of 28 to 12, Dune Part 2 leaves its competition in the dust. Um, and, wow. And we'll meet the winner <laughs> of A Haunting in Venice versus Robots. Not... The Robin Williams animated movie from the early 2000s, which I almost tricked you guys into watching while we were doing the previews, but it's fine. Um, so, Haunting in Venice, um, props to you for um, having a jump scare in your trailer that actually kind of got me. Like, I knew it was coming, but like, I expected something with like the fake snake or whatever. I expected like the snake to, I don't know, become real or something. That was the jump scare that I was waiting for. But then it was what Michelle Yeoh screaming. I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, that, that, that tracks. Um, also Tina Fey. What? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this. Um, overall, like it's, it's interesting. This is, I'm about to sound real dumb. This is based on something, right? An Agatha Christie book. Agatha Christie. Okay, I was like, I was like ninety five percent sure it was Christie, but I was like, mm, what if it's not? I don't <laughs> want to sound dumb, so here I am sounding dumb. Um, but yeah, so like, yeah, this was this was interesting. Um, period pieces, they're kind of hard for me to be interested in, but I'm here for this one, and maybe it's because of Tina Fey. Um, robots is weird. Uh, we live in a society in this movie where they have perfected robots looking like humans, and these robots do the jobs that humans don't want to do, and it's illegal to have a human or a robot clone of yourself. Mm-hmm. But then you have these two like normal people who have robot clones of themselves. Um, and the robots fall in love and the humans are, do not like each other. And it's, this is either going to be like a, well, it's either going to be a guilty pleasure or a dumpster fire. Maybe we should have, do have this as a movie. Um, it's either going to be real good or real bad. And I, I don't know which, um, but I am going to give haunt haunting in Venice six points. I'm going to give robots four points. Um, Matt, um, I am real excited to see how they take this Agatha Christie book and make it into a horror movie. Cause that's kind of what they, what it feels like they've done. Um, but I mean, this cast looks fantastic. Um, I, I am, I'm just, the trailer does a real good job of pull of pulling me in and making me want to know all of everything that's going on. And the fact that you don't really get Kenneth Branagh, who is going to be basically the main character until the last, I don't know, 
20 or 30 seconds of this trailer. Like, it's just that hook that, that pulls you in even further. Um, robots, I, I got to go with Mitch. This is going to be either really good or really bad. I did chuckle a couple of times at the trailer, but it also was kind of like that awkward. I don't know. I, I like to have it as a secondhand embarrassment for being a part of this movie. Um, so I'm going to go two points for robots because I feel like it's how many times I laughed and uh, eight points for haunting in Venice. Tabitha. Please don't make me watch Shailene Woodley try to act. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be like double bad because she's got two characters to play. So that, just, <laughs> that just sounds terrible. Um, she's oh, so awful. Um, I don't understand what Tina Fey is doing in this movie. Um, like who invited you? Like you're out of your genre. Get back in your hole. Like it's just very weird. Like I'm interested to see how that works. I'm not sure if she's trying to like bust out like a new thing to do, or if she's going to be the like misplaced comedic relief in this film, which will upset me. So I don't know if either of these are going to be good. So I'm just gonna go five and five. Lydia. Knowing now that it's an Agatha Christie story kind of makes the trailer seem like it makes more sense in my head for some reason. Um, I'm actually kind of excited for this because it doesn't give you a whole lot of like the plot. It gives you enough to get you interested, but it doesn't just shove the entire storyline in your face like a lot of trailers have a problem doing. I am curious to see what Tina Fey's role in this is because I there are some comedic actors that play really good serious roles they just don't get the opportunity very often so maybe this is her chance we'll see um wrote robots made me a little uncomfy at times (laughs) and yeah totally agree with you guys it's either gonna be really good or really really bad so I'm going to mirror. I'm going to go with what Matt said and give eight to haunting and two to robots. All right. So with a score of twenty-seven to thirteen, um, robots malfunctions and loses to a haunting in Venice. Oh my god, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Just remember, you're the same person. I'm not disagreeing with that. <laughs> Um, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, So, so the finals we have Dune Part Two versus A Haunting in Venice. I was going to start with Tabitha, but look like you're about to sneeze. So no, I'm good. Okay. All right. Where are your points? I'm just going to go five and five. I'm giving Dune seven points and Haunting in Venice three. Matt. Uh. I am going to go with Mitch on this. Seven for Dune and three for Haunting in Venice. Lydia, bring it home. I'm going eight to Haunting in Venice and I'm going for two for Dune. Okay. Um, this is real close, but it's not a tie. Haunting in Venice gets 19 points and Dune Part 2 wins this week's trailer takedown with 21. All right, um, let's get into gut reaction. Ow! Gut reaction. And we are going to start tonight. So Jim Lee, who is currently the publisher and CCO at DC Comics, 
um, has added president to his list of accolades. Uh, he will now lead creative efforts to integrate DC's characters across all media. Um, I'm going to give this a thumbs sideways. Yes, I'm excited for um, something to happen with DC, hopefully to make it more of a cohesive unit. Um, I know that Jim Lee is kind of a comics superstar. I am worried. I, I can't back this up, but I feel like Jim Lee is one of the people who don't really like Dick Grayson. And so, like, <laughs> that makes me nervous. But I could be wrong. I'm not for sure. But thumb sideways, Tabitha. Yeah, I'm also going to give this a thumb sideways. I don't know enough about the person to give a real valued opinion. <laughs> Matt. Um, as much as DC needs some cohesiveness and some... I, I think more than cohesiveness, they just need... I think a... the word you're looking for is cohesion. Cohesion? No. <laughs> Yeah, they just need a definitive direction, like a unified direction. Um, So I'm going to go thumb sideways until we kind of see what he has in store. Lydia. So my brain is apparently stuck in local mode because every time you said Jim Lee, my brain was saying Jim Leach. (laughs) (laughs) Like, wait a minute, how'd he get involved with DC Comics? But anyway. Good for him. (laughs) Right? Um, But yeah, I, I don't have enough information to go off of i also don't really have a horse in this race so i'm just gonna go thumb sideways matt let's talk about guardians of the galaxy uh so how many different versions of guardians of the galaxy volume three would you like zero okay well (laughs) you can get um up to 600 um huh to be fair the 600 different versions i was like i was like is this like clue back you know, forever ago when they put out three different endings. <laughs> no, there are going to be 600 versions of the new film. Um, but those 600 versions really just relate to the different aspect ratio or um, little things like that. As far as making the different theaters, like the best viewing experience for each individual, like theater when they're set up. Um, you know what? I guess good for you for having the time and the money to be able to do this, but like, just just put the damn movie out. Like, I, we we don't really need to know all the you know nuts and bolts of how the technology is tweaked for this theater versus that theater. So um, thumbs down. I feel like it's just tuning your own horn to do so, Lydia. Yeah, I think we're good with just you know it's widescreen or it's full screen like let's, let's stick with that and not oh there's 600 versions no there's not it's the same movie just shut up thumbs down <laughs> yeah thumbs down um 100 they worded it like this to get this type of reaction um yeah tap with them yeah that also feels like a waste of money and also like a cash grab at the same time <laughs> <laughs> yeah Oh, sorry. My thumb is down. Okay. <laughs> my nose is congested and my thumb is down. Mitch, I'm allergic to your base pack. Might be. You might be. I, I really think I am. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. It's fine. I'll just not have any oxygen. It should be fine. It's not just his basement. It's life. <laughs> um, Tabitha, let's breathe some life into Twilight. 
Oh, yeah. I don't want to do that, though. <laughs> um, they don't breathe anyways. Uh, they just sparkle. Um, Twilight's being adapted for TV. You know, not to be outdone by the Harry Potter TV show announcement we got. Uh, Twilight has decided that it's time to do a Twilight TV series. Uh, Lionsgate, who released the films, is remaining in control of the project. So that's something. We don't have a whole lot of information. It's still in its earliest stages. Um, the One of the writers from The Walking Dead World Beyond is set to write the script. And Miss Stephanie Myers will be involved in the production. Uh, I'm giving this a thumbs down. We didn't need the movies. I don't know what this show could possibly be about that we didn't already get in the movies. So, thumbs down. Matt. Just, I, I don't know. This is this is like 600 versions of Guardians of the Galaxy. This is a money grab. Like, this, this, is, this is completely unnecessary. Um, it's pointless. Um, and just because you've got one of the writers of a zombie show helping write other undead characters that's not going to make this any better thumbs down lydia can we please just put a stake in twilight at this point like it needs to die i'm over it (laughs) thumbs down (laughs) give edward some garlic doesn't that also kill vampires it wards them off oh okay i'm not giving edward Cullen my my garlic that's going in my food thank you (laughs) um didn't we talk recently about stephanie meyer basically rebooting the twilight books as well we We don't need this girl thumbs down (laughs) yeah she she spent her advance (laughs) (laughs) oh man um so there is a protest that is planned in the Bucktown neighborhood of Chicago for free comic book day. Um, the comic book protest is going to be from 11 to 3 at Challengers Comic. Uh, but the message behind the protest is to read more comics. So uh, organizer Robert Salazar says that this protest is about getting people to join the what he says, reading brigade, um, giving this a massive thumbs up. Um, this is kind of a cool way to kind of like get people into your store. Um, I, although I do worry sometimes that people may think that they are protesting something else, (laughs) you know, um, quick aside. I don't know if I ever told you guys about one of the times that, uh, the Westboro Baptist Church was in Springfield. Mm, yeah, maybe. Okay. What do you do? So <laughs> there were other counter protesters, but I was one of them. Um, I made a sign. Y'all know, like one of the famous signs yeah. that Westboro has. But my sa- sign said, "God hates figs." <laughs> <laughs> um, I w- I remember. Um, there was this woman, like, she was stuck at a stoplight, but she rolled her window down and she was like, I feel really sorry for you. I'm like, why? And <laughs> she was like, you know, just, I, and she said something else, blah, blah, blah. But then she realized what the sign actually said and she felt dumb. 
okay. But, uh, but yeah, so I do worry that something like that could happen with this protest, but still, overall, thumbs up. I love this idea. Tabitha. Yeah, I also love the the idea of a positive protest, but I, like you, if I see somebody protesting things, I automatically assume they're all being terrible. So, <laughs> thumbs sideways. Matt. Yeah, when you started this, I was real concerned about what could they protest about free comic book day? Like, stop giving stuff away for free. Everybody needs to pay for it. Like, right i was like oh god what are we doing and then you spelled out the rest of this i'm like okay i'm here for this but i am kind of with everybody else so far that like if you see a protest it's usually not a good thing so it hopefully at least draws some attention um i'm gonna go thumbs up for on the hope that it draws the attention that it hopes for and gets more people reading comics lydia you guys keep saying protest, and all my brain is saying is like, you keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the idea, though, so hopefully it goes well for them, and yeah, it doesn't get the wrong uh, vibe put to it, so tentative thumbs up. <laughs> uh, Matt, let's talk about a new Iron Man game. So there has been talk for a while about EA building an iron man game um there recently was some information pulled um and posted on reddit um people scouring the internet that there was a basically a job posting um that was looking for a programmer for an iron man game uh, some of the quali- qualifications requested someone experienced with open world games and quote unquote nonlinear dialogue. So kind of the internet jumped upon this and is going, oh, we're getting an Iron Man game and it's going to be open world. I, I mean, it's jumping to conclusions. I'm not real sure like how you would build an Iron Man game that's open world. Um, I, I, I think... Uh, I think an Iron Man game could be fun if done well, but EA has had some issues with getting those done. Like the Avengers game that came out wasn't great. So um, I don't know. Some of these properties just don't translate well. I'm going to go thumbs down until we see any kind of actual information on this. Lydia. Yeah. The only thing that I'm, thinking of as far as open world with an iron man game is is it are you just playing as tony stark building a bunch of crap to put out into the world like <laughs> i don't know where they're planning to go with this and yeah say so far ea has not had a very good run with uh like the marvel properties because for all the hype that they put out there the avengers game was kind of a flop so i'm gonna go up with matt i'm gonna go thumbs down until we get more to go off of um, I'm just going to go thumb sideways on this. Don't really have a, uh, a Stark in this race. Um, plus, I mean, it's in the game. Um, Tabitha. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I am also going to go thumb sideways. Um, again, I think it's like a little bit of jumping to conclusions, but I not knowing that much about video games already see where the faults and the problems could be in an open world Marvel game. So thumbs sideways. Um, Tabitha, I'm really glad that you brought up this next story. It was one that I wanted to bring up and then forgot about it. Um, What is Barbie doing? 
Um, we are getting a Barbie with Down syndrome. Um, it's the latest doll that's being released by Mattel. Um, trying in their new journey to make their Barbies more diverse. Um, this is coming out, I think, this year. Anyway, uh, U.S. National Down Syndrome Society worked with Mattel to ensure that the doll represented a person with Down Syndrome. Uh, the, door, the doll has a shorter frame and a longer torso. Its face is rounded. Um, the dress is adorable. It's a puff sleeve with yellow and blue, the colors that are... Uh, that were adopted by the Down Syndrome um, Awareness Foundation. And a pink pendant with um, three upward uh, arrows uh, mimicking the copies of the 21st chromosome. So they've put a lot of thought into this. Um, Some children uh, with Down Syndrome use orthotics and the doll comes with pink orthotics for its shoes mm-hmm. um NDSS president and ceo candy pickard um said that it means so much for our community who for the first time can play with a barbie doll that looks like them so this is incredible this made my heart smile <sighs> there has been a lot of backlash on it of course because there always is when something like this comes out but yeah um diversity is important and diversity is important not just in humans but also in toys for humans that don't look just like everybody else, because we're not all the same. So thumbs up to Mattel for this. Matt. Yeah, huge thumbs up. I can just I can just picture the faces of some of these kids as they see this doll on the shelf and realize that that doll looks like them. And that just like that's one of those things that pulls at my heart and almost makes me tear up. Just the idea of what those reactions are going to be. So huge thumbs up for doing this. It's absolutely desperately needed. Lydia. Yeah, absolutely. This is amazing and adorable. And I can't wait for some little kid to like see themselves in a Barbie when they may not have had the opportunity before. So giant thumbs up. Yeah, this is amazing. I don't have much more to add to it. Uh, definite thumbs up. Did not know that there was backlash. Why Doesn't would there be? Me. Why would there be backlash? Because people are awful. I mean, yes. Yeah, there's but... a lot of like, oh, Barbie's just making fun of. Like, if I I have a disability and I would feel, one of the comments I read was like, I have a disability and if I thought that a doll was being made about my disability and they were like, well, it's not a disability. Like, a but also, that's your opinion. Like, you don't... It was a whole thing. But right. yeah. And don't they have Barbies with, like, with disabilities? Like, there's a Barbie, like, in a wheelchair, right? Yeah. There's mm-hmm. one with a wheelchair. There's one with hearing aids. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I know that you might think this might be a joke. It's not. But, like, don't they also have, like, Barbies with, like, prosthetic limbs? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, like, the... Like the missing whatever, yeah. Yeah, like they have pregnant Barbies. Yeah, which a little creepy though. Yeah, yeah. yeah pregnant Barbies came out when I was a kid, and it freaked me out real hard. And I think that's one of the reasons I never wanted kids. Fair, because <laughs> <laughs> our little stomach flipped inside out. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> and like the last bit that I'll say about this, like if you don't want this Barbie, you don't have to buy it. Yep. 
So. Speaking of representation, um, Whoopi Goldberg is co-writing a new comic with Jamie Paglia uh, about a grandmother whose super superpowers materialize thanks to menopause. Uh, the book is called The Change, and it will be released, I believe, from Dark Horse uh, on November 28th. Um, I'm going to give this a thumbs up. I don't know that I'll read it. Um, it may be something that I try, like, if they release, like, a trade paperback version of the series or something like that. I may try it. Um, it's an interesting concept. I'm interested to see what they do with it, but... Yeah, it's fun. It's fun, if nothing else. Tabitha. I was out of the room having sinus <laughs> yes, emergencies. Can you, you clue me in? Yes. <laughs> uh, Whoopi Goldberg, Kay. co-writing a comic Kay. about a grandmother who gets superpowers thanks to menopause. It's fantastic. Yes. Okay. It's called It's called The Change, and it comes out in November. Thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> Matt. Um, I, yeah, I mean, if... This is one of those, like, we just talked about diversity and needing these things. And again, if this pulls in somebody's mom that now wants to read a comic book because Whoopi Goldberg did it and it's about someone her age, hell yeah! Thumbs up! Lydia. We need more stories about badass grandmas. Thumbs up! (laughs) (laughs) Um, we are going to skip around a little bit. Um, Tabitha, let's talk about some houses getting demolished. I said houses is really weird and I'm houses sorry. Houses getting demolished? <laughs> so really what caught me about this is there's a bunch of um, iconic, basically, TV homes that are set to be demolished this summer. Um, the homes do sit on Warner Brothers Ranch. Which Warner Brothers bought from Columbia Pictures in the 90s. So they're making 16 new sound stages, offices, parking lots, etc., etc. Um, development is on this whole thing is supposed to be done by 2025. Uh, the houses uh, are part of like a time capsule um, where a bunch of TV shows have been filmed over the years. Uh, it's a bunch of like sitcoms. WandaVision... Partridge Family, American Beauty, Lethal Weapon, Pleasantville, Father Knows Best, I Dream of Jeannie, Young Sheldon, and also Bewitched. Um, the area is also the location of the fountain from the Friends theme mm. entry, but they're tearing it all down. Um, part of me understands the need for growth and the need for change, but also some of that stuff feels like just part of TV and film history and like it should be preserved pretty busted up about the i dream of genie and the bewitched houses because like those are like set in my mind as what they're supposed to look like and like that they would always be there uh but so i'm going to give this a thumb sideways in the name of growth matt um i'm not gonna lie i don't think i knew that most of these houses or sets even still existed like i just i think i just thought that like Bewitched, I Dream of Jeannie, The Partridge Family, like that these houses or stages were long gone by now. Um, so while yes, it, it kind of sucks to get rid of some of those, like some of these newer ones, like they're not iconic, like Young Sheldon. I never even watched the series, I don't know, but um, 
you know, if if they need to do this for office space or building the business, I guess go for it. Um, thumb sideways. Lydia. Yeah, I, I agree. I get the need for growth, but I also feel like there's other things they could have done with this, like, especially since some of them are so iconic and so well known, like, feel like if anything, they maybe could have turned this into like a museum type thing, or you could actually like go and visit the sets and all that fun stuff. And they could have made money off of that. But I don't know. Difference in opinion, I guess. So thumb sideways. Uh, I'm going to go thumbs down on this. Yeah, I, I understand growth and everything, but I mean, especially with some of these houses that, yeah, that have been around since, um, <coughs> please don't die, Lydia. Um, what? I went down the wrong throat. <laughs> wrong throat? <laughs> <laughs> How many do you have? Well, um, currently two. <laughs> yeah. Don't make me lightheaded. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, some of these houses are iconic. Also, isn't Young Sheldon still going on? Hmm. Uh, thought so. Maybe yeah. I don't know. Like, I know it's at least, like, I don't know if this is, like, the last season or whatever, but, like, I know that it's still actively airing. But anyway. Um, yeah. I don't like this. Thumbs down. Um, Matt, real quick, let's talk about Blizzard and Microsoft. Uh, so the Blizzard-Microsoft deal might be in jeopardy. Because the one of the boards in um, the UK has, at this point, blocked the deal. Um, so if it's not accepted basically worldwide, then this, this deal doesn't happen. Um, they, um, it's the CMA, the Competition and Markets Authority in, in Britain. Um, in their final report, they said the only effective remedy is to prohibit the merger. Um, they just don't see that this helps the video game industry basically in any way, shape or form. Um, I did watch a video today that basically said that if this deal does not go through, um, that Microsoft owes, um, Activision Blizzard $3 billion basically just as a, oops, sorry, this didn't, this didn't happen thing. So yeah, crazy there. Um, I didn't think this was a good idea from the get go. I'm I'm thrilled that the that the UK has kind of started to block it. Um, it hasn't even gone to trial yet here in the US, in the FTC. So we'll see what happens with the FTC, knowing what the UK has done. I'm going to go thumbs up for them to block this. I hope this continues and this does not go through. Lydia. I'm just going to go thumb sideways because like, wow. Like, I'm not, yeah, I'm also not sure that this needs to happen. But the fact that they still get $3 million, even if it no, doesn't. Billion. Three billion. billion. Good lord. Yeah. In, yeah. In of... that case, uh, you would almost want it to not go through, <laughs> wouldn't you? Like, yeah, we'll probably make more money just if that doesn't happen. So it's fine. Um, yeah, I'm going to go thumbs sideways. Um, I honestly, I feel like we've talked about this a couple times, but I don't currently know enough about it to really give a good opinion but at the same time i'm really worried if microsoft has to pay off 12 billion or three billion dollars um you know i like i pay for microsoft office i don't want for my monthly payment to increase which like i feel like it might if they have to like drop three billion dollars on something i mean they were dropping 69.7 billion to buy the whole thing so yeah but at least then there's a hopeful return on investment mm, fair but Tabitha. 
I could not possibly care less. Thumb sideways. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to try to boil this story down before we go into our last two stories. I'm going to try to boil it down as much as possible. Um, honestly, if I wanted to, like, we could have an entire episode about this because I am sure what I'm going to tell is just is scratches the surface. So, um, Magic the Gathering fans are planning a protest of the game uh called no magic may um they're boycotting the the trading guard card game because they want to punish wizards of the coast for sending pinkerton agents to the home of a youtuber um who had a booster box that contained cards for an upcoming game called uh match of the machines uh the aftermath it's an, it's an expansion pack um but it was leaked so, I'm assuming this person, this YouTuber, um, uploaded the video or something. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, so this is from an article. It says, uh, during the incident, the agents uh, also reportedly disturbed the YouTuber's elderly uh, neighbor while threatening old school MTG, which I'm assuming is the username, mm-hmm. um, and his family with possible imprisonment. Um Old school MTG later claimed a representative of Wizards of the Coast apologized to the agent's actions, apologized for the agent's actions, and offered to compensate him. Um, this is bizarre. Like, thumbs up, thumbs up to people boycotting magic for this. I understand Wizards of the Coast, especially if this is something that was leaked and should not have, you know should not have been in this person's hands and definitely shouldn't have been, you know, uploaded or anything like that. I understand being like, Hey, this isn't cool, but I feel like Pinkerton agents, not the way to go. Um, so I'm going to give, yeah, thumbs up to the protesters, thumbs down to, to magic, the gathering. Tabitha. What year is it? That <laughs> the, there it the is. Pinkerton agents are still around. Like they turned into the FBI in like the forties. Like what year is it? Did I black out? The Pinkertons are still around. I'm so confused. I thought this was like a. I don't know what I thought. Like a gag or something, and they were like showing up like twenties mobsters. Like, hey. That's what I envisioned. I, yeah, when I first because read about you this. said Pinkertons. I just assumed it was like old school like 1920s cops coming in like they were trying to find Al Capone like (laughs) I'm very thrown off on the timeline right now so thumbs up to the protesters thumbs down to the fact that I had to hear the word Pinkerton in 2023 and you weren't talking about Weezer I wasn't (laughs) Matt Um, thumbs down to Wizard of the Coast like I don't care what you're what what you're trying to hide anymore like all this stuff is gonna leak like whether it's movie trailers or you know like i don't know any of this stuff is gonna leak no maybe he shouldn't have gotten his hands on it he shouldn't have broadcast but at the same time you would think that they would want to build the hype behind it and like have him post this video and go like some of these cards are awesome some of their rare this is what they do and like hype it up instead they're trying to suppress it um, so like thumbs up to the protesters thumbs down because I don't like wizards of the coast just continues to bury themselves in 
everything that they do, whether it's Magic the Gathering or Dungeons and Dragons, like, give up the ghost. Thumbs down to them. Lydia. My question is, like, what makes them think they have the authority to just go to someone's house and be like, oh, we're going to arrest you or whatever. Like, no, no, you're not a, no. (laughs) If you want to, like, take legal action against something like this, I'm pretty sure you could probably, like, sue the dude or something like that. But you don't just go to his house and be like, oh, hey, by the way, like, that. that's not how this works. (laughs) So, yeah, thumbs up to the protesters for being like, no, this is not good. And thumbs down for whatever the heck they're trying to do with magic. All right. We've got two stories left. They are both... um, They're both robot related. Not the movie that we talked about earlier. (laughs) Or the Robin Williams movie that we talked about earlier. Good. Um, Matt, let's talk about a lunar landing. Uh, So this lunar landing... It went sideways, uh, at least as far as they can tell. Um, so there was a private lunar shuttle, the very first of its kind, um, from Japan. So there was a lunar module that's been 135 days in space. It began its descent towards the moon. Um, somewhere in the descent, they lost communications. And... Um, they tried to rely on onboard propulsion systems to slow the lunar module as it went to the moon. Um, basically, even just look now, and um, they still haven't been able to really determine what happened. Uh, communications have not been restored. They don't have video feed. They don't have audio. Um, so this private lunar landing that was supposed to be okay, they probably crashed into the moon. So... Um, yeah, basically the article is like, it may not have gone according to plan, um, but they're still saying it's not a total failure as, because in science, they still learned what doesn't work. Like this was, people paid a lot of money to do this as a private thing and it crashed and burned probably. So, well, that's, there's no oxygen, but flared out i don't know smothered smothered yeah mm-hmm. that's what you do I went, up, went up in a puff <laughs> where's your thumb at oh on the um <laughs> on, the, yeah, on the moon um i'm gonna go uh thumbs down because this is kind of like uh that airplane that disappeared in the south pacific like they just like how do you not know yet what happened like you've got to have some idea you're just not telling us lydia yeah, um, this is just not good at all. <laughs> uh, so thumbs down. Yeah, thumbs down. This is maybe why you shouldn't privatize things like this. Tabitha. What bitch said thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tabitha, you have our last story of the night. Uh, always. You always yeah. have the last story. Okay, but this one's kind of cute. Yeah. Let's... In, in, in the way a crime scene is cute. Um <laughs> There are two types of people. <laughs> and they're both tapped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I would like to see, like, Law and Order, like, Door of the Explorer edition. That's kind of what I'm envisioning right now. I'd watch that. So. Law and Order. Swiper. No swiping. Oh, man. <laughs> 
So it's uh, picture this, if you will, Sicily, nineteen twenty-four. <laughs> um, except not; it's been recently nineteen. Or no, what year is it? <laughs> uh, it's a food delivery robot, right? Coming, coming along its little way. It's happy little boop, 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 boop way. It's real cute, and it comes upon a crime scene, and it gets to the crime scene tape, and it's like, "What do I do now?" So it just sits there, <laughs> and a cop walks over. Lifts the crime scene tape. <laughs> and, and, and it just keeps going all through the crime scene to deliver its little food. If you can find the video, it's so cute because the cop is like, lifts the tape and like watches it go. But yeah, food delivery robots. No Fs about the crime scene. <laughs> I'm surprised that the cop just like let it on yeah. in, like <laughs> just let it roll on through. Like, yeah, like if I were that cop, I would have been worried about it like tampering with. <laughs> like, what if there's a body still there? I don't know if there's a body there. I don't well, know. I mean, I guess if the robot got to the body, it would have also been like, "Can someone please move this?" <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm also not sure that I would want my food after that. Eh. I mean, it's inside the robot. It's fine. Yeah. Just brush it off a little bit. <laughs> By the way, it was Los Angeles where all things like this. Of, of course. course video. I like how it stayed in the crosswalk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it stays in the crosswalk better than people. Yeah. It's a law-abiding robot. <laughs> <laughs> better than everybody in downtown Springfield on the way to work in the morning. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. It just it went on its little mission, and it kept on going. And yeah, just boop. <laughs> oh. Little food delivery robot. Probably the nicest person on the planet in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't there that reminded me of I, I don't think it was a food delivery robot, but it was like some kind of robot that like twenty four hours after like was unleashed upon the world, like people were beating it up or something like that. Do you remember this story? Uh no, was but it did the, you the police robot? Was it a police robot? I think did it you was. See the worker robot that they put in a factory setting, and it did the work for like fifteen minutes, and then it turned, decided to turn itself off because it couldn't imagine doing that any longer. <laughs> it was like, never mind. <laughs> I mean, I've been there. I've been there. <sighs> so, all right. Um, so yeah. May the 4th. That's, that's really weird. Like, outside of the whole Wakery thing, like, we didn't have any Star Wars stories. We didn't really do anything mm-hmm. Star Wars-y. Uh, I did see that Carrie Fisher got her Hollywood Walk of yes. Fame star today, and Billy Lord accepted that on her behalf. It almost made me cry. I did see that. Uh, star Wars has released some, uh, you know, those Destination Star Wars mugs? Or no strike that those uh destination starbucks <laughs> mugs <laughs> that have like the city the state or the city or whatever on them oh, mm. oh it, they're a collectible item through starbucks uh they're releasing star wars ones with oh. like you visited that location star wars with starbucks oh. that's should, my star wars news they should replace the starbucks lady logo with princess leia on those they That'd should Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I like it. Yeah, so that's my that's my off the cuff Star Wars news that I saw today. Uh, the 
uh, Hollywood Walk of Fame thing. I don't know if you guys saw the pictures, but it's Billy Lord and Mark Hamill who uh. like accepted it on Carrie Fisher's Aww. behalf in like front of this picture of Leia. And I was just like, oh. You see Billy Lord's dress with her, face like the entire on bottom it. half is like a picture of Princess Leia. Yep, it's fantastic. Yeah, and her nails had Leia's face on them. It's real cute. That's dedication. Love it. Love it. All right. Um, yeah, I think that's all that we've got for you guys tonight. Uh, see you next week. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>